Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast documents the oral history of contemporary art, film, and architecture. Today we take you back in time to midnight on the eve of the 14th Istanbul Biennial Exhibition opening in 2015. British sound artist Oliver Beer invites us to meet him inside a 400-year-old Turkish bath for an immersive acoustic experience. With microphone and recorder in hand, we follow him into the bath's hot, steamy inner chamber where young local opera singers are rehearsing for a one-night-only performance of his composition, Call to Sound. Revisiting our sonic encounter with the architecture of Istanbul is an opportunity to introduce Oliver Beer's newest work. Keep listening to hear the first sounds of the project that he brings to New York City in summer 2019. And as you move through the space, you'll hear different things, so please feel free to really move. I'm Kathy Bird, and this is Fresh Talk with British artist Oliver Beer. We're meeting at midnight in Istanbul. Beer invited me to witness the rehearsal of the performance piece he titled Call to Sound. He composed the music for young opera singers to perform in a very specific setting, the hot, steamy, deeply resonant inner chamber of Kluç Ali Pasha Hamam, a stunning Turkish bath designed more than 400 years ago by the legendary architect known as Sinan. The performance will take place after the bath closes for the evening. Ever since he can remember, the artist has experimented with sound. You could probably say it started when I was, uh, you know, making the shower resound as a teenager or teasing the fellow passengers on the, on the tube by making the tunnel sort of vibrate seemingly uh, supernaturally. But so the spark was <laughs> in your teenage years? I guess so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it only took maybe formal form uh, uh, when, it, when you started having a, an audience. Beer studied composition, art and cinema, but the way he connects sound and architecture is not something he learned in school. It was always fairly instinctive for me. Um, I've always sort of recognized that you walk into a particular space and uh, it has a particular tonality, it has a particular note, uh, just in the same way that an instrument, an organ pipe has a certain size, it has a certain note. Uh, a room is exactly the same as, a, as an instrument. It has a certain size and it has certain notes that go with it. Since 2007, he's been designing site-specific performances for choirs. Their voices reveal the acoustic properties of each space. I now primarily compose in this context because, for me, uh, uh, composing isn't even really the word because the, the music is found at the meeting point, really, between the architecture and the singers. And all you're, I'm doing is facilitating that meeting and then giving it structure and form. He's explored sound in all sorts of places. Some very um, improbable places, like uh, Victorian sewers of Brighton, in fact, which are very beautiful, hand-built brick tunnels which have uh, kept all of their perfect geometry and essentially became like 
subterranean organ pipes. And then the complete antithesis to that is the tunnels along the top of the Pompidou Centre, which are full of light and uh, culture. So it's the kind of complete uh, opposite of these taboo and dark places. before that you felt that architecture typically doesn't consider the tonality, the tone, the sound of the building. Yeah, it's true that in, um, I've certainly never met an architect yet who has thought about what key his building is in, despite the fact that every architect automatically builds tonality into his architecture because it's a universal law. You can't avoid acoustics and you can't avoid dimensions which give you uh, these, these notes. How did you choose this space? Call to sound. Well, I had this extraordinary invitation from Gallery Thaddeus Ropak to, uh, to do a piece in Istanbul and I actually went around a lot of different spaces looking for what might be the most perfect, um, anything from tunnels to underground churches and it was fairly quickly upon walking into this space that it, it, it was very clear that it could have been designed as, a, as an architectural musical instrument. It, its geometry is perfect, uh, its materials are perfect. If I were to build, and I do sometimes build architectural spaces as instruments, musical instruments to be used, if I were to design one it would not be so dissimilar from, from this. We're in this extraordinary hammam, which is by Sinan. Uh, it's called the Kilic Ali Pasha Hammam uh, in Topane. And uh, the owners who restored this extraordinary building have done it with an incredible amount of care and attention. And for them, it's exciting to hear for the first time these notes. The tonality of this space has not changed. So an Ottoman singing in there or speaking in there, a modern Turk, a 19th century tourist, the response of the building has never changed in all that time. Let's describe this space. It's hexagonal with a dome over the top and each of the sides of the hexagon has got uh, a, an alcove and each of the corners of this space uh, acts as an amplifier so I'm placing singers in the kind of axes and the corners of the, of the space and they match the resonant frequencies of, this, of, the, of the space so if you imagine the space as a kind of giant wine glass uh, which has its own note all the singers need to do is find that note which I've taught them how to do by singing a glissando, a sliding note when they hit bang on the right note the vibrations of their voice are amplified by the space almost as though they become the tip of the finger and the room becomes the wine glass as it resounds. So what are the most resonant frequencies that you've discovered in this space? Um, it's in E-flat, to be precise, it's in A-flat major, diatonically, but with a kind of E-flat bass note, if you like. So it's like a, an inversion of, uh, of an E-flat chord. This building has a surprising resonance the feeling when you're walking through a space that's resounding like this is almost as though the voice is coming from the walls and not from the singer. You know, it's very easy to believe that the singer is not doing anything at all and that the building is somehow got speakers behind the walls or something like that. Once you teach the singers how to do it, it comes incredibly naturally and you can't stop them. I was just going to say, you can't stop them now that you've got them going. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I really feel privileged that I was able to join in the rehearsal time and tomorrow night you'll be inviting people to come in for eight minute performances mm -hmm. so what can we expect? It's a nod towards um, Shostakovich a composer who, who interests me an awful lot Dmitry Shostakovich a Russian composer and pianist prominent in the 20th century was known for his hybrid style 
I can hear the connection and call to sound. The performance is filled with contrasts and ambivalent tones. Now, the other thing I've done is to incorporate the inherited musical references of the, of the singers. I worked with each singer to uh, identify songs which were incredibly central to their musical education, their lives, the things which they would automatically wish to sing in whatever context, whether it be in the shower or a concert. So I've got ten singers and two groups of five, because it's very hot in there, you have to work in relays. And I've incorporated thematically each of those sort of personal uh, melodies, these inherited sounds, uh, into uh, a kind of canonic form, which is entirely based on the architecture. So when I said that it's a meeting point between the architecture and the singers, um, it's almost as though the musical content, if you like, of the singers, i.e. what they've brought with them, culturally and socially and their family and everything, is filtered through the music which belongs to the building. Uh, something that can be reproduced in no place but here, you know, there's no other context in which this particular music could happen. So it resonates on multiple levels, you could say that. shall we say. <laughs> when the people come tomorrow night, what do you hope they take away? I hope that they'll recognize that when they walk into a room, they're not just walking into an arbitrary space, visual space, but they're actually walking into not just one note, but several notes and that there's a relationship between their bodies and every single architectural space uh, that from that point onwards, in theory, they can start to recognize it's like you have a key. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Thank you to Oliver Beer for sharing sounds of the site-specific project he created for the Met Breuer, home to the Modern and Contemporary Art Program of New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art. The first sound-based installation commissioned by the Met, Oliver Beer, Vessel Orchestra, is a musical instrument, a series of live performances, and an installation composed of 32 sculptures, utilitarian vessels, and decorative objects from the museum collection. Visit our website to learn more and hear other voices from the world of contemporary art. Please take a few minutes to review Fresh Art International on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram 
at freshartintl. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, Tempest Projects, Artist-in-Residence in Everglades, the International Association of Curators of Contemporary Art, and listeners like you make this oral history project possible. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button to encourage our work. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk. <laughs>